What is up? What is good? How you living? How you doing? It is the L-E-F-K-O-E, man with the I-N-G-B-E-R, man, and we are ready for another edition of The Betting Show. A little bit later in the episode, we are going to hear from Crack Daddy, and he's going to break down the inside scoop from Vegas. Uh, I'm really excited, though, for you to hear after me and Ingbert talk, uh, hear from Craig Robertson. One of the linebackers for the New Orleans Saints. I had a chance to meet him at the Super Bowl, and it was really the perfect time to talk to the guy. How did they get surprised by Jalen Hurts? What did they see? What is it like when Drew Brees is hurt? How does he play Queen's Gambit in his mind? That story was so awesome. But more importantly, he's got the Chiefs this weekend. That's the game of the week, maybe the game of the year. After we just came off Ravens-Browns the other night, really enjoyed his time. Uh, Ingber? Last week, you you brought up the public, and you said, maybe we should just fade the public and see how we do. Number one, did you win-lose your lose bet? And then also, how did did you do on these public fadings from last week? Thank you for bringing this up. Yes, I continue to be quote-unquote undefeated with my guaranteed loser bet each week. It was a fantastic bet. So as as I told you, I'm trying to go under 10 to 1 with my my semi-long shots. So this week I parlayed Jonu Smith, Corey Davis, and James Robinson all had about a 50-50 shot of scoring a touchdown, a little bit more, a little bit less in some cases. I parlayed them together to get a plus 885, uh, so about a 9-1 to parlay, and not a single one of them scored a touchdown. So that was an absolute romp. I am now 0-13 on my loser bets for the year. That's so funny that you mention it. I saw some statistics over the weekend, and I'm not sure which book it was. But it talked about the percentage of money that makes up the casinos and the sports books based on the type of bets people make. Okay. And most of them are like 5%, 4%. Parlays were 14%. And so when you're sitting there on Sunday and you go, you know what? Matt Stafford's hurt. His center Frank Rank now has a fra- fractured throat. I like the Lions a lot. And then you go, and I also kind of like the Cardinals against the Eagles. And you go, I can get more money if I do the parlay. I just want you to know that it's almost three times the amount of a standard bet that casinos are basing their winnings off parlays. And it, it's, it looks sexy. It looks fun. It's the dumbest thing you can do. But in your case, it's the smartest thing you can do. Well, because I'm trying to lose the bet. Yes, absolutely. Everything you just said is right in my wheelhouse that if it's something that the public often loses on, I'm right there. Uh, you know, Give me that delicious if you dish. you had $100 each week, what would you have in your bankroll right now? now that <laughs> no, as, we, as we noted, because I'm, I'm fading somewhere between 8 to 1 and like 13 to 1, you could be making anywhere from like you know, 12 to 20 ish dollars per week. So, you know, you'd be up over $150 or so if you've been doing that. But I don't know if you can get a casino to say, I want Jonu Smith and Corey Davis and James Robinson to not all have touchdowns. I don't know if that parlay exists anywhere. Because what you could do is they're not going to score a touchdown, but then you're going to be actually close to plus 885 again, right? You can't do... So I the reason why this was... Such an easy fade for me is because if Jonu Smith and Corey Davis score a touchdown and James Robinson doesn't, I still win. So I get the win with two out of three or one out of three or zero out of three. Whereas if you bet the standard parlay of Jonu, Corey Davis, and James Robinson all have to score, you have to get all three. It's like it's like hitting tails, tails, tails in a row with a with a coin, which is much harder to do than anything other you than can't tails. Bet tails, against tails. a parlay not hitting. That that's right. 
the casino would lose a lot of money. That's literally what we just said, how they're making their money. And also, it's Derrick Henry season, baby. Ain't nobody That's exactly else what I said in the tweet. Yeah, I just said if, if Derrick Henry wants to steal a couple of those red zone uh, touches, which is exactly what happened, he ended up scoring two touchdowns. No problem. It was the easiest bet of my year. All right. So then you also listed the five games in week 14 in which the the, the public was on one side a lot more than the other. Can you just uh, just run through uh, and and give me the percentages. I don't know if you have the percentages anymore. Well, I so the the mistake that I made was I went too deep into the roster of games because what happens is every week there's one or two very public teams and then everything else is somewhere between 42% and 58% or maybe Gosh. up to like 62%, but that's not like there's a massively 90 or 80 that we That's the thing talking. Exactly. So I went too deep into the roster. I went with the five most public games and I shouldn't have. I should have just gone with the three most public games, which went two and one against the spread. You would have actually made money on that because the most public team was the Saints at minus seven over the Eagles. They ended up losing outright. Um, The Titans ended up demolishing the Jaguars. They were about 76% of the money. And then uh, the Mahomes Chiefs, they were a six and a half point favorites. They ended up not covering because of that late field goal. Brilliant Brian Flores, by the way. That field goal with 36 seconds left, that was like the most correct coaching play that I've been screaming at my television for for years. That is the correct play. Score the, the three points right now. Don't try to like futz around and score a touchdown with zero seconds left because then you have no chance of winning the game anyway. He kicked the field goal with like 35 seconds left. Still a very small chance of winning, but you can still theoretically get an onside kick and throw a Hail Mary and still be in the game. My theory about the the subjectivity, you're talking about the objectivity that the right way is to get points, save clock, go for the onside kick. That is if your goal is to win correct. the game, then yes, yeah. that is the correct move. The subjectivity, I feel like in the football media right now, when it comes to these situations, I feel like everyone's coming in super biased on Monday. And here's what I mean. If you had the Chiefs minus six, it's the wrong decision, and, and you're like, Brian Flores should have gone for the touchdown. You screwed me. If you uh, needed a touchdown uh, from a wide receiver or a tight end, you're upset. Like, I feel like people have – like, when I watch a football game, I am now thinking about eight different things at one time about what I need to happen, whether it's an over-under I bet, a side I bet, a fantasy player I have, a daily fantasy guy I might have, right. uh, whether it's a prediction I made on the podcast or a handshake agreement I made with a friend. I watch the game and I'm like, oh, uh, what, what do I need to happen? And I feel like we're all human. And I feel like a lot of people, especially now – we're in the fantasy semifinals for a lot of leagues, and the LFGL won the championship. I can't watch games sane anymore. Like when when the Tennessee Titans, as a Derrick Henry guy, if if they do a play action on the goal line and throw a touchdown to Jonu Smith, right. I'm sitting there going, "Feed Henry!" Like, <laughs> and so I, I I I'm constantly having to like remind myself to bring it back and not think like that. I, I just thought about the end of that game. It was the right decision unless you had Chiefs minus six, and then you're not that happy. Well, this actually brings up something I wanted to, to talk about a little bit later, but might as well talk about it now. So as you know, my goal in life is to become the American sports commissioner of cool shit, right? Yes. And I just want to be the person that's out there making sure that cool stuff happens. So for example, if Derrick Henry is closing in on 200 yards at the end of the third quarter, and he has a chance to go for Adrian Peterson's record, which is 296 rushing yards in a single game, they should be incentivized to go for it because it would just be so cool if Derrick Henry went over 300 yards rushing for the first time in NFL history. 
Um, and how this affects gambling is kind of interesting because we've seen so many crazy moments where a team is incentivized not to score more points than it otherwise might have. The famous example recently was Nick Chubb running out of bounds uh, to win the game 10-7 instead of 17-7 because theoretically, if he scores there, you give the ball back. Hail Mary, onside kick, Hail Mary, you lose the game. He guaranteed his team a win by intentionally not scoring. There's something very strange in sports to have a game where it, it's advantageous to let the opponent score a touchdown. That is a very specific thing that happens in football. So I think we need to clean this up gambling-wise. And I have an idea to throw in as gambling becomes more mainstream. I don't want to th- throw this at you. I think there should be something called an act of God or a non-football play chip that if you're a regular gambler and let's say you, there's some minimum that you have to bet on X number of games every week or X number of dollars every week that you get a chip for your casino as like a rewards program that if there is some sort of act of God where a team intentionally takes a knee instead of scoring or um, there's some phantom offensive pass interference. You mean like call Monday or, night when there were a lot of tickets or up? Or safety on Monday night, which is three. And yes, then the Ravens get a, a non-football play act of God that once or twice per season as a loyalty rewards thing for your, your casino or your app, you get to play that chip and say like, that wasn't even real football that I was watching that led to me losing that bet. Uh, I should get a, a redemption there. You and I think some casinos FanDuel, might be into it. FanDuel does this. Yeah. They'll do I, things where like there's an act of God and they go, look, we're going to pay out both tickets. And the, I guess the public, the the marketing that comes with that is is so great. But I was going to say the PR that you get is fantastic, but you'll notice that it's when the casinos decide when they want to give it out. They say like, look, this was this was really it's tough on all you better. that much on the other side. They're probably doing it at a time where it's the PR is more advantageous than the money they might have made on the actual tickets. So I think you should put it in the better's hands and you say like, look, here's this little chip that you have. You have to use it very sparingly, but when something absolutely unfair happens to you, uh, then you get to play this and you get to get your money back. What do you think? 100% true though. It's the one thing that, that I've been thinking a lot about is like customer acquisition and loyalty. Because I, I feel like we're in an arms race in this country in terms of who are you going to make your bets with. Hmm. Uh, once you pick one, like Crack comes on here every week and talks about shopping the line. And I would tell you that 99% of the people don't do that. And it's not because they don't want to do the work. It's just because I see it right here. Why don't I just bet right here? Right. And um, can you imagine if you bet on the Browns to cover three and then they didn't? And then like David Ingber Sportsbook was like, we're going to, you can use your thing. You could pay out whatever you would bet with them the rest of your life. That's what I'm saying. And, and, and so it's funny, like a lot of people that start businesses and all that, like you, you have to watch your margin. You have to make a lot of money, but I really think like sports betters are so tribalistic and so ritualistic that if you give them one piece of good juju, they will come back. Like we almost had a falling out over something and I'm exaggerating, <laughs> but um, like if I, I've said this before, I have sat in the same seat in the same position, eating a chip before every play because I'm that kind of superstitious. And so in the David Ingber sports book, if you gave me great energy, I'm going back every time because even when I lose in the back of my head, I'm going like Pavlov's dog. I'm going, are you going to give me another free win? Because I don't know what, and so I, I think that'd be actually pretty smart. 
But I think as gambling becomes more and more legalized in state by state, and then once it's legalized, then it just becomes mainstream over the next decade. I think we're definitely looking at something like that. It's going to be talked about on TV more I often. I feel like we're almost already oversaturated, but well, I know it's, we're not. I know we're not even halfway there. It, right. You're not even, you, you can't even conceive of how saturated we're going to be. Like once I said, it, I'm, I'm waiting for sports betting red zone. I'm waiting for degenerate Scott Hansen. I'm waiting <laughs> for some guy out there that's going to be like, right. hey, I understand that we got Chiefs Saints and it's a great game, but the line for Giants Cowboys was two and we got to check this out. You know, I mean, just compare it to the fantasy revolution over the last 10 years. Think about how many announcers will say something like, Hey, you know, DeAndre Hopkins makes the catch. It's not going to matter. But, you know, for you fantasy folks out there, that's a nice that's a nice few yards. Ticker on red zone. Right. It's not statistics anymore. It's fantasy points. It's so much more mainstream now. So I think gambling, the same thing's going to happen where it's going to be talked about a lot more. It's going to be mentioned a lot more. And as it becomes more mainstream, betting is going to become a lot more like buying socks where you could go to any number of a thousand different websites or stores to buy your socks. You can go to a thousand different apps and maybe you can just go down the street. I it wrong. Socks. That's good. What, What did I say? I thought no. I thought you were talking about stocks, and you're like, "Oh, you really did mean socks." Okay, you can cool. buy socks. Like you can buy socks at a thousand different places, including like some, yeah. you know, some grocery stores have socks. Like you can get it anywhere. And if that starts happening with sports gambling, where you can go into your local bodega and place a bet at like a kiosk, right? Then people are going to have to compete for your loyalty every, you know, every single day, every single week. And we all remember that one time where. Uh, you were you were buying pants and you got like a ten percent discount. And you're like, I like this place. And you know that stuff sticks in your mind. I got a three dollar sweater at the Gap one time, and I was loyal to that store for like <laughs> eight years. Exactly. Um. Oh, so this week, though, for the for feeding the public, you wanted to look at totals, so not sides, but totals. And I would have to imagine that most of the totals are going towards the over. Am I right? Actually, there were uh, there were seven very, very publicly bet. Again, this is the reason why I do this now on Thursday. Totals change and a lot of sharp people, a lot of cracks and Warren Sharps of the world, they don't place their total bets until five seconds before game time because they know things are going to shift. So I'm playing on the Joe Schmo public, of course. Um, but there were three huge overs and four huge unders in terms of public betting. So I wanted to go through these with you if you wanted to. Please. That's why Bills- I'm here. Sorry, Bills versus Broncos, okay? Over 90% of the people are going with over 50 points. This line has actually ticked up from 48 to 50. How are you feeling about that? Um, in mile high, it's at 50. Bills are favored by six. Bills, Bills offense can put up points in a hurry, but man, that Broncos defense looks legit the last few weeks. I have so much inside information about this. Oh, really? Um, I would say first and foremost that I like betting against the overs at mile high just because, you know, we always talk about like altitudes and stuff like that and what impact that could have. And it's like a crazy place. Uh, I guess I understand it from the point where you go, the Bills. I, I the, the only thing that scares me is I think that the Bills defense is getting a lot better. And I think that uh as we normally say with these games i'm not worried about buffalo scoring 25 i'm worried about denver doing their part in this sure. game and so that would be my hesitancy there but especially when you say 90 plus that just shows you in in my feeling the power of bills mafia like when i go around the internet and i see polls that involve josh allen or the bills they win every poll 
And I'm assuming that it's the same thing with gambling. They're just a very active fan base. It's the, yep. it's the same thing with sports cards. Jim Kelly's cards are outperforming John Elway. And you're like, that doesn't make sense. But it does because of their fan base. So um, I would I would lean under there just because of what we've talked about. If I'm my 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 one is to fade these top three just mm-hmm. after last week, which I know is very anecdotal. But anyway, all right. Uh, the next one, I'm going to give you the game and the the total, and you tell me if you think the public money is on the over or the under. Oh, this is this is fun. Okay, so this is Eagles versus Cardinals. And the total right now has gone from 48 and a half to 49 and a half. What do you think the, the, the money is on the over or the under? Well, I mean, common knowledge would say it's the over. Uh, but because I feel like this is a trick, uh, I'm going to say the under. No, it's the over. I Jedi mind tricked you with a trick on Man, a trick. You did. That was a <laughs> princess bride where I was like, a person like you would put poison in your own cup. Um, yeah. If it's going up, which is, which I think is interesting. So when you look at this game, um, you have to imagine that Jalen Hurts uh, provides the spark. That's what he is. The Cardinals, I think, are bottom five in terms of rushing yards allowed to quarterbacks this season. At the same point, the Eagles secondary fell apart. They they were down. That, that This is why I'm so questioning Taysom Hill. In the second half, the Eagles were missing their top three defensive backs in the second half and one of their best pass rushers. Well, they're still going to be banged up this week. I think that this is a uh, a very good spot for Kyler Murray. I expect him to have a lot of success. I expect Hopkins to have success. Um, and my, my only question is, is whether the Eagles defense can replicate what they just did. I don't think that they can. I, I definitely see this being somewhat of a, of a shootout. So what was the public on this one? What percentage? 92%. I'll tell you what, it is sexy when you see a lot of mobile quarterbacks and the total's under 50. I, though, um, I'm going to fade the public again here and take the under, and this is my reason why. Since the first four or five weeks of the year, when Kyler Murray was doing an one mixtape on the goal line and like leaving people in the dust, they have not been that effective in the red zone. And... I just see them. I, I think that so much of, of that offense is finding ways to get Kyler Murray on the outside. Damn, I really do. Uh, I just want to fade the public, so I'm going to take the under. I'm just saying that what what this weekend, if you get to watch this game, focus on Arizona in the red zone. If this is a team that wants to have success, they can move up and down the field with ease. They have the speed. But when they get down there, it's easier to keep eyes on Kyler. Um, I'm just going to add one more thing. The Eagles have some of the worst linebackers to go and try and chase Kyler Murray. So I think this is a big Kyler Murray weekend. Speaking of uh, someone that is leaving people in the dust, it was just a delight watching Lamar Jackson run around like Lamar Jackson again on Monday night. My God, that guy is just the this best. This is what – you know what? I think I, – I, by the way, I think – I could see the Cardinals drop in 30 on the Eagles, and that will be – then it's going to go to Jalen Hurts. So I, the over does make sense. To that point, Mina and I were talking about this on her podcast. This is what I said after the Colts game that I wanted for Lamar Jackson, where he was going to go, I figured it out now, screw everybody, it's time for you to feel my pain. And that's what we saw because what – 
we see this with mobile quarterbacks all the time is that they want to show that they can throw from the pocket and he absolutely can. What I would say to Lamar is it's not all your fault. You lost your $100 million left tackle and you lost your you know ring of honor Ravens right guard before the season. Um, and you don't have a single wide receiver that can win a jump ball. Like they're all four foot 11. So um, I, if, if the Ravens are going to make a run, which they really can because the, the schedule coming up is super easy for the Ravens. I like want to pull it up. I think that we're going to see Lamar Jackson just stun people. So the next three games for the Baltimore Ravens are Jacksonville, New York, uh, Giants, Bengals. I think that Lamar is about to go bing, bang, boom, like three weeks in a row. Baltimore's in the playoffs, and you're going to see on wildcard weekend some prognosticator going, if there's one team that could shock the Chiefs, it's the Ravens. That's that's why I like we're, it, if you haven't bought stock in Lamar already, it's too late because I think it's about to go crazy. Yeah, I, I think every team is terrified of that one Colin Kaepernick 171 yards rushing game that he had against the Packers. Any mobile quarterback, whether it's Vic or Cam Newton or Lamar Jackson, can destroy they any throw defense. one up Hollywood Brown, and you're like, what do we do now? Yeah, exactly. and then you're, just, you're, yeah, you're lost in the sauce. Okay, so exactly. there's two. Uh, third. The third big over of the week, and then I can give you a couple of unders, is Lions, Tennessee, uh, Tennessee Titans. Um this, this was is, a sharp special. Yeah, this is 51. The over is still about 90% of the money. <sighs> Scares the daylights out of me. Uh, to me, there are three games that if you want to take a guess on the health of the quarterback, you can make some you can get some good value on the lines. Um first one is Lions Titans. Matthew Stafford tore a tendon in his throwing thumb a few weeks ago, and he's been able to play very well with it. But this week, all of a sudden, He's got some problems. Um, also, as I mentioned earlier, his center has a fractured throat, Frank Ragnow. So you could be going into this game with the starting center, Frank Ragnow, and Matt Stafford, or you could be going into this game with a backup center and Chase Daniel. And to me, the total is completely reliant on which combination you get. Mm -hmm. Because if you're going in with Chase Daniel and the Detroit Lions have one of the worst run defenses in the league, this could look exactly like the Jacksonville game for the Titans last week, where it's the Titans drop 27 and the Lions drop three. Uh, if I wouldn't feel that confident with Chase Daniel. Now, the reason that you bet this game, the over, is because it's two of the worst defenses in the league, Lions and Titans. I just feel as though, like we said before, it's Derrick Henry season. And I think that the, the, the real question is, is does Vrabel want to save Henry for the playoffs or does he want to eviscerate teams? The other question I have, which I'm happy I'm talking to the commissioner of cool shit, is our guy, Derrick Henry, is 468 yards away from 2,000. If you do the math, and I did long division, that is 156 yards per game. As somebody that has Derrick Henry on their fantasy team, what I was excited about all year was the last three weeks, if you're playing Yahoo, green, green, green. Detroit, Green Bay, and Houston are three of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Do you feed Derrick Henry to get him to 2,000? And I believe there's less than 10 players in the history of the league that have ever accomplished that. Or do you save him up? 
for a playoffs where you know that you're not going to get a bye. And he is the best chance of advancing to a Super Bowl. There are some hallowed numbers, and it does feel like 2,000 yards rushing is one of them that the entire team can rally around it. Like when Devin Booker scored 70 points in a game against the Celtics, everyone poo-pooed it like, your team stinks, who cares? It was a random regular season game in March, like, you know? But but 2,000 yards in a season, that's like, now we're Eric Dickerson. You know, we're talking like- 2,000 yards in a season- where your starting right tackle, Jack Conklin, signed a huge free agent contract with the Browns, and you lost your franchise left tackle, Taylor Lewan, in the middle of the season. That is bonkers that he's able to do that. There are Sadly, seven no one will remember that in the history stuff, of the league. Can you right, name right. Who, who was and wasn't injured when Eric Dickerson went over 2,000 yards? Yeah, you know? I'm just saying it's it, it just makes it more impressive since we do know the context now. Sure, But there are seven players of all time OJ was the first to do it, and he did it in 14 games, which he was a killer. Eric Dickerson, Barry Sanders, Terrell Davis, Jamal Lewis, Chris Johnson, Adrian Peterson. CJ, an amazing list. Yeah, Derrick Henry deserves to be on that list. I hope they give it to him, and not just for my fantasy team. Well, it it might not even be up to Vrabel, right? If he cracks a couple more of those 75-yard runs, it doesn't even matter who gets the ball. It's like if he just gets one or two of those you know, in the next three weeks, he might just accidentally get over 400-plus yards. It's so funny. This is the time of the year where like if a team's up 30 to 3, you're actually like miserable because you're like, I need this to be competitive. Don't pull your players. Like that's really my biggest fear is like having guys that are doing too well that it's like, let's rest DK Metcalf. And it's like, no! So to all you fantasy crazies out there, good luck this weekend. I think I've mentioned this to you before, but one of my one of my pillars for the NFL with Commissioner of Cool Shit is that the first tiebreaker for the playoffs, after one loss record and then head-to-head record, the next tiebreaker would be point differential for the season. So that if you're up 30-3, to three, you actually do have an incentive to make it 37-3. to three. Mm, College football-esque, I like it. I think that should matter. I think it should matter. Like there are some teams that go 10 and six and have a point differential of like plus nine. It happens every year. There's always some team that squeaked out a bunch of losses, yeah. uh, you know, squ- squeaked out a bunch of wins and got blown out a few times. I like teams that win 45 to 10 a couple of times. Th- that team should get a little bit of an advantage. Wow. Hold on a second. Is this real? Here we are talking about how the Chiefs don't win by enough. And I thought I was going to look and it was going to be close. They've outscored their opponents by 122 points, far and away the most in the NFL. Pittsburgh is at 112. Um, you know, New Orleans is at, excuse me, 103. And then my favorite is the New York Jets, who are minus 210, which yes. is an astounding number. Uh, did you have one more? Uh, I have a couple of unders for you that the public yeah, is very big on. Um, I'll work my way up from number three to number two to number one. Okay. So with 93% of the money on the under of 44 and a half, we have Jets at Rams. The Rams currently favored by 17 points, 44 and a half. Everyone's saying under, basically just not believing the Jets can get to double digits is what they're saying, I imagine. And I and I understand that feeling. Let's let okay, so Jets, Rams, you said it was 44 and a half. Yep. 94% yeah. of the like money. I see like 24 to three in that game. Sure. Right. I, I think that's what a lot of people are seeing here that even if it's a total beatdown, and even if the Rams cover, they, you know, they could cover and still go way under a hundred percent because it's one of those things. Again, the Rams are going, man, if we get a big lead, 
let's 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 give let's give you know Cam Akers a rest. Let's give yep. Robert Woods, who's a little bit banged up right now, a rest. So totally. And then you're yeah, you're hoping on the Jets hit some miracle points. I like the under there. Uh, 94% of the money Patriots at Dolphins. As we know, Patriots at Dolphins is always a wonky game every year. Also, it's also what we talked about a few weeks ago, Bill Belichick versus a rookie quarterback. Mm -hmm. This is line line right now. Well, so the under has been trickling down from 44 all the way down to 41 and a half. That is a tiny over under, but uh, Cam, Cam Newton cannot complete a pass over the middle past, you know, 11 yards spread. It's currently Dolphins minus two. Oh my God. You just gave me so many bets. Um, the Dolphins are completely injured right now. Devontae Parker is out. Miles Gaskins is out. Uh, the uh, the tight end, Gasicki, isn't practicing. Apparently, when you play the Chiefs, everybody implodes. So I'm going, I'm going, okay, so Tua was able to survive last week. Now he's going up against the Patriots defense. And I know that Cam Newton is going to run it 20 times and waste the clock. I love the under and Patriots plus two there. Uh, And I don't know how you feel about it, but like I'm getting points to get Belichick versus a rookie quarterback. Like that's a dream scenario. It's interesting that you ask me for how I feel about it because I'm actually trying to take how I feel about these games out of it and simply play the numbers. Because there are some years where if you have a system and you say, I'm only taking home dogs this year, you could make money over time regardless of how you feel. I actually have, I'm trying not to opine on games like this because I'm simply bringing this up as a thought exercise, as a system of fading the public. And we know that the the public is famously unreliable in winning these games when they're up over 90%. Okay, but the spread, which way would you lean there? Uh, I would I would take the Patriots. I feel like they're playing with pride. Um, I feel like they, they don't want to go down like this. And beating a divisional rival keeps them in the game. And uh, as you've note, noted, the Dolphins are a little banged up. Um, I think Belichick doesn't want to lose to his protege. He's, I, I think Belichick hears that bulletin board material about how Brian Flores passing the torch. Maybe this is the next 25 years of the AFC East. Oh no. I think Belichick wants to lay the smack down and confuse the hell out of yet another rookie quarterback. I love that. Okay. That's going to be one of my bets. hundred percent Patriots. But what happened the last time you went against a rookie quarterback? You won 45, nothing. Air bear who uh, this we're recording this Thursday. I know I just saw that Mike Williams is going to play tonight, but I'm thinking Justin Herbert shows out in a big stage on Thursday night. So if you're listening to this on Friday and I'm right, uh, the Ravens, de- the Raiders defense right now, Cleveland Farrell's not playing. Jonathan Abram's not playing. They're missing another def- another linebacker, like two linebackers. Um, just feels like a big Keenan Allen night on mm-hmm. Thursday night football. Pour yourself a glass of Pinot Noir and enjoy Keenan Allen. Uh, and then for the, the largest public team for the under this line has gone from 41 and a half down to 40 and a half. So a very, very tiny line. People are still banging the under Steelers at Bengals. Very similar to the uh, Rams jets reasoning. I'd imagine I, I, it's just difficult to put up points against the Steelers when you're, and, you don't and you know, know who's what? Be. it's even better than the Rams jets because at least the Rams have Sean McVay and an offense that's running through Cam Akers right now that has explosive moments. Right. Pittsburgh. Now, Cincinnati just lost Geno Atkins for the year, which is a big loss in the middle. But I don't know if the Steelers can take advantage of it. My concern right now for the Steelers is this quick-throwing two-second or less offense is based around Ben and Shotgun. 
And because of that, when they do line up in a traditional run package, it doesn't work. So I don't know if the Steelers can take advantage of the run defense woes of the Bengals. At the same time, when they played the Bengals last time and Joe Burrow, they threw it all the time and they had a lot of success. Um, But I'm with you. I'm looking at the Bengals right now and I don't know where the points are going to come. Remember, a few weeks ago, they had a kick return for a touchdown against the Giants. If you take that touchdown away, just that one because it was a kick return, so it wasn't offense. This is their output for the last five games. So I'm taking that one away. 7, 7, 10, 9, 10. That's how many points the Bengals have put up in the last five games. They put up 17 against the Giants, but again, one of those was a kick return for a touchdown. So this is a, this is barely a single-digit de- uh, offense. They put up seven against the Dallas Cowboys in Cincinnati. So... This comes down to, do you think Big Ben and the Steelers can drop 30-plus points? And the last time they played this team, uh, the Steelers went there and dropped 36. So, But that was also with Joe Burrow. Um, 40 and a half is just such a low number that it really really scares me. They're they're tempting you with that number for sure. Mm. Uh, Speaking of tempted, I tempted Craig Robertson to uh, really just – Feed my fire for my love of Jalen Hurts. And he did just that. Listen to the stories. Follow the man on social media. Here's the interview with Craig Robertson. It's deep dive interview time. Tell us something we don't already know, won't you? Legitimately, one of my favorite interviews that I had during the Super Bowl week. He was one of those dudes that was like, I got to check up on him. And we got lucky enough that he was available. My guy, Craig. How are you, bro? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm great. I want to do this first because it's fun and it's light and there's a serious football stuff happening. I said it's cold in New York and you said you can have that. Now, earlier this week, Tom Brady came out and said he is never living in the Northeast again now that he's experiencing Tampa. And if you could just sell me on leaving New York because I'm thinking about it, but I really want the, the Craig pitch if possible. All right, so if, if if I were to sell you, and you kind of said this earlier, so I'm going to kind of piggyback off this. When you look outside and you see other people cold, it makes you cold. Mm. They look miserable, so you're miserable. You don't have that down south. Man, Craig Robertson, the down. Saints. He got, now, are you from the south originally? Yeah, born and raised. I left one time uh, to play for the Browns, and I ain't left since. <laughs> I, I, you know what's funny is I, I grew up my entire life here, so I don't even know what it's like not to be miserably cold for three or four months out of the year. And I, so I don't know what those months are going to be like. See, and the thing is, the biggest change that I'll probably make is probably your wardrobe. Because I got, sw- those, I'm a sweater guy, bro. Yeah, I c- cut them in half. Wow. Bill Belichick, the sleeves. Yeah, I Ezekiel mean, you know, Elliott, I, the midriff. Hey, look, look, I'm not, I'm not saying go drifting mm, out here. Okay, I'm just saying just the numbers, Damn. right? You, if you got twenty, just need ten. I ten solid. I think mentally, that's the other thing is I know how much harder I'm gonna have to go in the gym in the winter months because it's t-shirt time all the time. And here in the winter, it'd be like I'll have another slice of pizza because we're wearing a hoodie today. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, nah, no doubt. And I mean, I'm. I'm in Texas, so 
we get a little bit of the cold, but you know, it's not as obviously not as cold as it is up north. You know, but if you're somewhere like you know Tampa, Miami, hey, you you're year round. I want to know what was the guy. coldest you've ever felt in Cleveland? Like, what was the day where you were like, and I'm done? Well, actually, it might have been. So when I got I got signed to the practice squad in 2011, and literally my boy picked me up from the airport. Um, they tell me that they're gonna sign me, and I get to the hotel and I'm it's like 30 something, right? I'm 20 some years old. I'm not I don't know about the weather, man. I take a nap. I'm like I made a team. I'm exhausted. I take a nap, man. I wake up. It feel like a Christmas story is outside. Like, that's what it looked like. Like, out of like, nowhere, snow the, everywhere. Everywhere. I'm like, sound about the land. You know what I'm saying? And it's early December. I'm like, this is unreal. And I looked outside, and I was like, wow, this is snow. And immediately after that, I was miserable. <laughs> <laughs> was that your first snowfall? Well, I mean, You've had we, a, you experienced, we saw snow. Yeah. We, we saw it, but not like. Not like that, you know, like you waking up from a nap, like we knew snow was coming, like, well, really, we get ice yeah. down, like down south. So it's like, oh, okay, you freeze over, and then next thing you know, it's supposed to rain, oh, it may, maybe snow. But no, this was snow, and it was still coming when I woke up, and I'm like, I have, nah, I have never loved a snow story more where you're like, it's snowing. I hate it. Um, yeah. All right. Can I talk about something that, you, that you're not going to like, but I'm really going to like? Down with it. Okay. It's mainly your shirt uh, because it's green and white and it's an eagle. And uh, Craig, I don't know if, we, if you remember, I am an Eagles fan. And um, so I am, I'm sorry for you for the loss, like for your journey. Uh, I am, though, I'm so on the Jalen Hurts train, bro, that I'm not even thinking about the Eagles. I'm like, I don't know what I just saw. And you were out there, you made a tackle in the game. Yeah. What what do the Eagles have in this kid? Uh, Is it too early to tell? Well, they 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 got a kid that's hungry. I mean, you got any young kid that's eager to prove himself, no matter what stature, no matter what draft pick, no matter what position. Like he's literally playing like balls to the wall every play. You know what I'm saying? And so when you get some guys that's been in a position for a little while, and I'm not. You know, Carson's a great guy, so I'm not putting this on him. I'm not putting it on, on any player. But, you know, some guys kind of get, you know, content in their own ways, you know. And then I want to put my disclaimer out. This is my college. Of course. Right? Of so course. There's North Texas. Yeah, so for those listening in audio, it's clearly not an Eagles shirt. It's a North Texas uh, shirt. Yeah. But, no, I mean, like, when you got a kid that's that's hungry, like, he's willing to do whatever, you know. And sometimes, like, as a competitor, that's that's really all you need. You had a half of Packers film on him, and then like I don't know seven plays the rest of the season where he was out there. What did you guys prepare yeah. for, and then what did you get? Like what 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 did you think about him when you were scouting him, and then what did you think about him after the game? Um, you know, obviously after the game, it's 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 always like you kind of prepare for somebody like that, like. You're going to get – we're looking at all the zone read stuff around the league, right? So when you only see, you know, a handful of players, you got to prepare for everything, you know? So we prepare for a lot. Um, we got probably 
a little bit what we thought, maybe a little more. Um, you know, but just not really realizing, you know, uh, man, the kid fast. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you can prepare for something, but you don't really see it until the game, you know? So option is just, it changes your whole philosophy of defense, you know? Like, you know, you got to play option, zone read football. Mm. So it, it's a little bit different. So um, you're the second, for him, you're the second person I've heard say, He's a lot faster than I thought he was. Someone that like I respect who watches a lot of film. And I mean he ran a four five seven, but he's definitely got like that lower four five, it feels like, because he was turning yeah, he was turning corners, yeah. man. No, he really was. And I mean the thing was like he was turning corners, but he was he was uh spot on with his decision making as well. So even though that he was he was uh, you know, he wasn't going to throw the ball in the tight coverage. Mm -hmm. You know, he was just going to tuck it and run it. You know, just making decisions like that, you know, it's just – it was smart for me for a young quarterback. Yeah. I'm, I'm at the – I'm just a nut, so I'm, like, over the moon excited because I'm like you where, like, I think about his story and, like, everything he's been through and, like, where he's played. Yeah. And then so me as a nut, I go, he's faster than I thought. He makes better decisions than I thought. Like we haven't seen the full array, and like if you guys were going to play him again, I would be so fascinated. Like the ways that you try to trick him and stunt and all that stuff. Like a young guy, you could try and, but um, I'm right now going. I'm putting all that Cinderella story together, and I'm just I'm hopped up right now, bro. Yeah, no, I mean, and and it's and it's uh, everybody has the right to feel that way, you know. And the thing is, like, like. He gotta get on the train before everybody catches up. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of like, kind of like what, like the Ravens are kind of going through, like with, no doubt. with Lamar. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody's gonna watch tape. Like they got plays now. Like they got tendencies now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like all that stuff changes when you have all that. You know, like Lamar is one of our best uh, quarterback talents ever. You know, running the Agreed. ball. You know. And for teams to, you know, obviously, like, frustrate him for a guy that's as talented as he is with the ball in his hands, mm. you know, like, that's a that's a task every play. And so he has to realize that soon he will be having that same type of, of you know. Focus. Attention. Focus. Yeah. Eyes on him at all times. I, I went back because you guys are playing the Chiefs this week, and I was talking to somebody last night, and I, rem I interviewed Bart Scott. After Mahomes threw for 5,050, so his first year when he wins MVP, so his first year of year playing. And Bart Scott said to me, I went back and watched, and this is, I apologize, Bart. It was just a bad take. I'm bringing it up now. He was like, Mahomes needs to, to keep going because the league will catch up and somebody's going to figure him out. And my take was, I don't think so. I think this guy's really, really good. But it, it's like a race against time because you guys are smart. You figure it out, and then you yeah. you you attack tendencies, and it's like you either need to put this ball in the perfect spot because we know what you're gonna do um, to move on. See, but thing, oh, go thing with KC because I I gotta tap in on that thing thing with KC is Mahomes is special. You know what I'm saying? His 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 off his off time and throws that's what makes him great. You know what I'm saying? Like he can he can, obviously he can go out and, and and go make the regular throws that everybody makes, and and he's good at all of those. But it's the fact that he can scramble, 
and put a ball on a, on a dime anyway. running the opposite direction. Like, it's video game-like. Yeah. And then when you got the type of weapons that this kid has, you know what I'm saying? Like, he has speed for days. He got one of the best tight ends in the game, if not the best tight end in the game. You know what I'm saying? And he's just – the offensive line is 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 good, mm. solid. And then they got – like, they start adding backs like, you know, uh, Clyde and Le'Veon. Like, they got a special offense. And you look at every quarterback Andy Reid has had, they've been successful. Mm. You know? So, he got lineage on, on top of this as well as being special. So, I mean, it's 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 a great situation. I mean, they got a great team, so it'd be a great challenge for us. I was gonna Sunday. of any position on a football field facing the Chiefs, I always feel for the linebackers because I feel like with all of the motion right in front of your face constantly, I don't know if there's a tougher matchup than Kelsey. And then um I I just feel like you guys are all on an island. And so I also know, though, that when it comes to to big plays, what I've always appreciated about the Saints' defense is you can try and get yards. If we get into a shootout, we get into a shootout. But at the end of the game, one of us is going to make a play to get our guys the ball back. And I, is there a different mentality going into a game where it's like, hey, we're more focused on taking away than we are stopping? Because this is going to be a task that is very hard to just stop. Yeah, I mean, you know, takeaways are great. Stops are takeaways in our mind, you know. So, the Sean always – Sean is, like, probably one of the best coaches when it's time to, um, like, prepare a team as far as knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, when we start in training camp, how he breaks down, like, situational football, when it happens, it's like, okay, uh, we already went over this already. Like, this is, this is something that we've talked about already. And so, it's like you only have – uh, uh, average of X amount of possessions per game. So if you can get a takeaway and take away one away from them, it's like, hey, the tick is leaning in your direction. Mm. So that's that's the only thing you can hope for, you know what I'm saying, when you're playing um, games where it's, you know, great on great. You know, it's just do any anything and everything just to get that tick in your direction. Even if it can be a little tick, mm. like just something in your direction just keep moving forward. To that point, so Mahomes has five picks on the season. Three of them were last week. So 60% of his interceptions were against the Dolphins last week. Dolphins were down Kyle Van Noy. They were missing some people too. When a team, I guess, the week before you play them has show some weaknesses, how much can you look at that? But then you're also knowing that they're going to adjust. So how does that mind game work of strategy? Yeah, I mean, like, I won't call throwing an interception a weakness, right? Because because when you got the gunslinger type mentality, it's like just like basketball players, like shoot or shoot. Mm. Like if you're in a slump, you you keep shooting. You know what I'm saying? And then when you're out of that slump, it's Dan Miller dropping sixty one. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And and so you know you just you never know what you're gonna get on any given Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Like you can you can get. Somebody that might have slept bad that night, you know, and just might have just a, a bad day. Mm. Or you might get best player to ever <laughs> step between the lines. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? So you just got to play your brand of football and just, you know, just make the plays that come to you. And that's that's always the biggest thing is a lot of people, when they're playing these big games, want to force it, like trying to, trying to make a play, trying to do a little bit too much. 
you just go out there and just play your brand of football. Mm. What is it like when you go on it? Cause you've been on a few of these stages, uh, especially with the saints where it's like America's game of the week. How much, like, I know that you're juiced up to play an NFL game, but how much more do you get excited when you know that the eyeballs are on? Uh, I mean, it's all the same, you know, um, I guess in my younger years, you kind of treated it different because it felt different. But I guess as soon as you get accustomed to it, it, it feels normal. Mm. The only on, only thing different now is, you know, you don't have um, 100, 200 ticket requests that you got to worry about because we don't have that many fans. That is amazing. That is a downside. Yeah, so, I mean, that is an upside of what we're going through right now is that your phone's not blowing up, people asking you for favors. Hey. Huge upside. Wow. I mean, look, and it's crazy because and you could probably go, talking, you could go places with your kids, wear a mask, nobody knows. Oh, awesome! Wow, this is crazy. It's awesome. <laughs> I mean, and I'm I'm not a well known guy anyway, so a lot of people won't won't know me if I hell walk into their face. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But I mean, but if somebody did, I got this mask on, and I'm just I'm just rolling. But I mean, but. That's like that's like a big part of the game that a lot of people don't realize is a huge mental thing is you being able to turn all that off. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so as a young player, you get, hey, man, I'm, I'm going to come up this week and I'm going to do this. So not only are you preparing for the game, but you got to deal with, wow. you know what I'm saying, lodging somebody, uh, you know, entertaining somebody. Or if, you, if you're married or girlfriend, they got to entertain somebody. What is, so they get tired. What is the rule, like the, the, the length of time that if somebody was like, hey, man, you told me years ago that I, I could come to a game and, you know, I'm finally going to use it. It's for Saints Chiefs. Like, how, like do, have you gotten requests completely, like people like you barely even know? Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, on Facebook type. Like you gotta have Facebook Messenger. And it I'm would like, be my well, life's man. dream to go to this game. Yeah, man. Like I remember talking to you nine years ago. I knew you would be there, and this is the perfect game. It's on my birthday, <laughs> and I just lost like so. I just lost a puppy last week. Yeah, man. Sorry for your loss. Mm. So you've gotten but better. You've of, got a lot of things like fan, fans don't realize we gotta pay for these tickets as well. Yeah. You got to pay. If you give away yeah. a jersey, you got to pay for the jersey. Man, if you give away a football, you got to pay for the football. How much does a football cost? I don't know. I think it's like 200 some bucks. And how much, for a, how much for a jersey, you think? Depending on where you are. So you might get some, some places it may be 250 some places it may be 400 because they want to discourage you uh, mm. giving a jersey away. What's your best jersey swap up to this point? You got one you're proud of? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's 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 with my own teammate. You know, I got I got Drew Brees. Ooh, Drew but yeah, Brees. I got I got Drew up there. You know, and I mean, did he, you go white or black jersey? Oh, the black, black. For sure. Yeah, and he he did a jersey with my son too. So wow. that was that was solid. Yeah. Um, man, I was gonna think like, would a linebacker typically want a jersey swap with another linebacker? If we're taking away former teammates, colleges, all that stuff, would it be with another linebacker, or with a, would it be with a running back, or would it be with an offensive lineman or a tight end? Um, it would it would be like most times it's like with people that you know, mm. you know what I'm saying. So that's that's always the big like 
Like out of respect, you want to say hey? Yeah. Say hey. Hi. No. Oh, she saw me and said no immediately. <laughs> immediately. So you said it was you said it was former teammates or friends. Yeah. So that's that's like I don't know. I respect a lot of people in this league, but I'm I'm not just gonna walk up to people like, hey, bro, like I respect you. Let me get your jersey. I think that's I think I've never thought about that too. Is I just don't know if I'm humble enough after a game. I know my my uh, after a game, knowing that like people might only be out there for a minute and a half, walking yeah. up to them right away and being like, "Yo, man, can we do a jersey swap?" And then that person maybe look at me and being like, "Sorry, bro, already already promised it to Aaron Rodgers." You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. And and that's like you get to that point. It was like, well, you're just cool. Like I play against them. When people do that, I wonder, were they thinking about doing that all week? Were they like, this is what I'm going to say? First, no, longer than a week. When they see their schedule, they like, okay, I'm going to ask them for the jersey. You know what I'm saying? Because a, a, a lot of times, like, it's like an idol. And then, it's, it's like an idol. Right. So you're going for like a Brady or something like that. Could you? Yeah. Who pays for the jersey then? The person that gives it. So if you're doing the swap, then it, then it's both of y'all paying for y'all own jersey. Man, I I would come to the game with uh, a thousand in the sock and just be like, "Here's for the jersey. I'd like your jersey, please. I'm paying in advance." So look, so the greatest video that I've seen with jersey swaps was Lamar Jackson, hmm. and this was last year. I think it was Sunday Night Football, and he just had like jerseys folded and was just like signing them, like giving them out to other guys that asked for him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, that was dope because that was premeditated. Yeah. That he, you know, like, hey, like, guys going to ask for this jersey. I'm going to have them ready. Like, Damn. here y'all go. Lamar really is reaching that point where it's just, like, you brought him up earlier to watch him on Monday Night Football and and the way that he moves. It's, it's easy to be just a fan. Like, not even about, like, no competitor. Like, man, you're fun to watch. Yeah, no, I mean, and it's crazy because, right, the knock on him was like, uh, he's a receiver, mm. he's a running back. And, I mean, this dude went out there and won MVP, so he immediately became a fan favorite because everybody immediately knocked him. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like him sitting in that green room on draft day, and everybody was like, yeah, he ain't going to go in the first round. He's a receiver. Mm. Like, he ain't going to play quarterback. And that story resonates with every person in the NFL who at some point has faced people telling them you're not going to make it. Yeah, but I mean, but not immediately. Like, he, that was quick. It was like, quick. oh, you're not going to make it. T- two years now, MVP. <sighs> um, all right, you've given me a lot. I got to, I got to meet one of your daughters. Uh, you, you gave me information about Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Um, is, are we getting Breeze back? What do you think? Hey man, I don't know. Okay. Okay, Let me ask you this. I know that Breeze, the thing that I've, I have always respected about Breeze is the way that that man works and the stories I hear about him in the weight room. He's one of those guys that he is focused all the time. And I would love that guy as a teammate. So when he's hurt, I would imagine that he usually hides it well because he's like, I got to do what I got to do. How, mm. how different is it when he's, when he's missing games? Like, is it, is it clear and evident that this guy's like, I'm going to get back there, but right now, man, I'm really in pain. Nah, man, what you see is what you get with Drew. I mean, he's, 
since since I got to New Orleans, and he was one of the main reasons why I wanted to go there. And when you watch him prepare for anything, I'm not I'm not talking just football. Maybe his son's flag game that he might be coaching. You know what I'm saying? Like the way he prepares for everything mm. is spot on. You know, and I mean, he hasn't been playing in these games. And the thing with him is he'll he'll walk through a whole game in his head before he plays it. Mm. So there was a there was a clip um, we were playing, getting ready to play um, Atlanta when we were in Atlanta, and just he's just on the field, just like he'll go through the game, like okay, like okay, throwing that ball there, okay, like it's crazy. And you're seeing and him be is, like kind of be like, okay, I'll throw it, all that. He will. He has been doing this since I've gotten here, and obviously he's been he's been doing that for a whole lot longer than that. But he'll. It's just crazy to see like, like when some usually Friday Saturday guys are clearing their head like not thinking about the game because on Sunday you all in, mm. and it's like the complete opposite for Drew. He's like he's so dialed in. Like when the game is over, it's like oh, I can breathe. Have you seen you Queen's know Gambit on Netflix? No, I haven't. It's a movie about this child uh, girl prodigy at chess. And in the movie, she will literally play chess on the ceiling in her mind before she has a match. And so, like, as you're saying that about Drew Brees, that's what I'm thinking about, where he's just like this football chess master that's already played the game. And now it's just going out and making the throws where they're supposed to go. That's crazy. That's crazy. Man. Craig Robertson, he's special, man. one of my favorite guys in the NFL. Every time I talk to him, it gets more and more fun. The Saints taking on the Chiefs this weekend. The Saints were my pick before the year to go to the Super Bowl, and I'll say it right in front of Craig. Anybody's doubting them right now, give it to me because I, I think that they, we are going to see them on NFC Championship weekend, uh, but one game at a time. So good luck this Damn weekend. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be one of my favorite games to watch, bro. I'll be buckled up, man. Good luck. Let's let's get it. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, brother. Hear ye, hear ye. These are the three track commandments with Bill Krakenberger. It is now that time for crack. He's the crack daddy. Crack daddy. Uh, We're getting ready for week 15. And I was curious, are there any crack commandments for this time of the year? Because when I look at all of my, of the options and I see games between six and eight and, and eight and four or whatever it is, do you have any commandments for this time of the year to think about before you bet? Since for a lot of these games, if it's not between two playoff teams, we're not 100% sure of their motivation. We are, uh, just to let all the listeners and viewers know, we are unscripted, and uh, I love this question, and you just hit it on the head. Those must-win teams, just to know, know this, I know we're now in 15 there's a yeah, I guess we have must-win games now. Usually this you know 16, but this is a must-win week also for something teams. Listen, 
Just know, if you're betting on those must-win teams, you're going to pay a premium. Yes, mm. you're, the, the public also loves to bet that, oh, they got to win. What what what, what a win incentive does uh, Jacksonville have to win? You know, right. um, so it, it doesn't, it looks too easy sometimes. Just know that the bookmakers also artificially adding half point to a point to those lines. And let me tell you, teams love to play the role of spoiler. Teams yeah. love to get in there and play that role. So if you call it a commandment or something, absolutely know that before you make your bet and before you say, oh, this looks too easy. How can they lose? And uh, But you said the team's from six to eight points. Now, I don't mind. Um, I was thinking, I was meant, I, meant, I was talking about more of the teams that are like not really in the playoff hunt. Uh, and it, I, I just have a hard time betting the teams where I'm not sure what they're playing for. I understand. I understand. Because I don't know how much pride is in the locker room, you know? Yes, yes, yes. And and some teams like, uh, I hate to talk about them again, the Jets, maybe they just want to go home. They just want to end this yeah, season. Yeah, let's just end that right there. There's no reason to talk about the Jets. They're a waste of our time. They're 17-point dogs. It sounds right. awful. I'm out. And, uh, other, yeah. uh, w- um, So, oh, you know what? Monday night, Browns down by three. Safety makes it five. How yeah. big of an impact was that in Vegas uh, with that last play? I'll just tell you, it's it's hundred hundred maybe hundreds of millions of dollars worldwide. Really, uh, I mean, there's so many. Just just look at one sports book in New Jersey. They they refunded a million dollars, uh, almost a million bucks. They said, ah, you know what? We're giving everyone their money back on that. Ingber talked about this earlier because he would like to be the commissioner of fun in sports. And he was saying that, you know, sports books should do this more often or that people should have the opportunity where like once a year, if you're a big enough better, you have the option to go. I, I don't like that result. But what do you think about sports books refunding moments like that? Listen. My take is, is that it builds incredible brand loyalty that if I ever lose something like that and it happens, I'll swear by that book for the rest of my life. And is that all that it's about? And, and is it worth giving all that money back, do you think? Well, that's why they do it. They do it for branding. And uh, you, you're spot on there again, Adam. Without a doubt, they they are hoping that you're loyal to them down the line and, and giving them more business. And, you know, there's a lot of people that shock me on Twitter that don't like this. I want to think maybe because you're not playing with the book and you didn't get that refund, you don't like it. But there's actually some smart people that don't like this. I'm not one of them. I think it's fantastic. I think it's a great give back uh, to, to the betting community. And uh, let me just tell you something. Let, let me give, let me relate it to a parallel. It draws a parallel to a, a crap table. Okay. So uh, on a crap table, once in a while, uh, you, you'll give someone uh, the, the, the decision. Oh, you bet that late. It was a no bet. All right. Pay him, pay him, pay him. Just pay the guy. Here's why yeah. you pay the guy. Here's why you pay those guys. You pay them. Because you know, in the end, you're going to get that money back anyway. No blackjack hand, you're playing blackjack, and you well, like, like, oh, no, no, I want to double weight. And you put the money, but you don't have it in time. Let them double. Give them the extra 50 bucks, 20 bucks. Because in the end, you're going to get it all anyway. Like they say in casino, in the end, we and get it all. as a degenerate myself, if I bet the Browns and I lost, and then you gave it back to me, I am not withdrawing that money in my head. I'm playing with free money and I might even be a little bit more reckless with it. And I, I, I'm sure you saw the statistics that came out recently that what was it? 14% of the, 
of parlays or 14% of money coming to the casinos because of parlays or something like that. Like it, I would be more reckless with found money. Right. <laughs> That's funny because if you're betting the NFL, just because the game's on TV on a primetime game, you're probably reckless anyway. So yeah, uh, yeah I mean, they gave one guy $40,000 back. A guy bet 40,000 on the Browns. They gave it his money back. So, uh, you know, someone like that, it, that's really applied odds down the line. If someone could afford about $40,000 on an NFL primetime side, they're going to get money out of him in the end. So, hey, give him his 40 grand back. So you're right that the word reckless is a, is a good word to use. That's crazy. Uh, any, any games this week that uh, you circled, whether it's because of movement uh, from factions or just ones that looked uh, interesting to you? Well, Tampa Bay has moved from four to six over Atlanta. I find that and I'm not betting the game, but I'll tell you what. I find that very interesting because Atlanta would like to play that role there also uh, against a Tampa Bay. And let me tell you something. Tampa hasn't been as good as the sports books thought they were we going to We were just talking be. about it before. Oh, Tampa yeah. Bay. Yeah. I mean, Minnesota missed 10 points based on three field goals and an extra point. And so, yeah, they, they won seemingly convincing last week, but they did not play great. That offense is still not clicking. It doesn't look right when Antonio Brown's on the field. Yeah, no, no, it, it doesn't. And uh, I know that that wants to be uh, he wants to, you know, recover his career and this and that. And and I thought maybe the, I thought this was going to be that maturity level point. Now, I'm not saying he's not, but he hasn't reached that internally. But I thought that was going this was going to be his step, you know, you, his stepping stone again. You can't just come out of uh, they want to call it quasi retirement and step into a wide receiver shoes, even of his caliber and quality. So uh, you, you, you bring up a, a very valid point. Uh, I like mm. to go into another game. And you said you're you uh, I know you don't like uh uh, going into this again, I'm sorry to do this, but just like last week, Seattle, I've never seen, I'm willing to step out and say I've never seen ever a team move three and a half points in a matter of 12 hours. Seattle was 13 and Explain. a half when I went to bed. Seattle was 13 and a half when I went to bed Saturday night. I woke up, it was 15 and a half. The, by the time the game kicked off, it was 17 at three sports books, four sports books. They moved three and a half points. And by the way, that. Whoever bet Covered it, whether easily. it was squares, public, whatever it may be, or, or, or sharps, they were right because Seattle was the right side. Well, I find this again this week. Already it's moving, creeping up. Opened up 16, 16 and a half, and here we have uh, a, a game. Uh, You're talking about the Rams now. Yeah, I'm sorry, the Rams. 17 Already, points I'm, over the Jets. Yeah, the anti-Jets game. I apologize. No, yes. no, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm not that anti-Jets. So oh, when, yeah. when, when you see something like that where the Jets, it just happened last week, and you go, okay, I'm seeing it again. Yeah. What are your, yeah. What are your thoughts? So whether you want action on that. Wow, it's 18 at Circa. That's a very sharp sports book here in Vegas that dominates the line. So, I mean, that means it's going to go to 18. It may even go up there. Don't don't be surprised if this game doesn't, you know, go up to 19 and a half, 20. And I remember earlier in the season, uh, also the uh Kansas City Chiefs was that big of a favorite and they got the money over the Jeff. So, over the Jets. So, I'll tell you right now, I don't like laying double digits historically. It's a loser laying double digits in the NFL. I think you probably could though, with 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 this uh, with this jet team. So uh, also, let's see it's what... like a pretty enjoyable experience on a Sunday at one o'clock to just like be sitting there watching your game, and then all of a sudden, like you get the alert, and it's it's uh, James Brown, and he's like, "Oh, we got another one! It's a laugher. The Rams now up twenty-one nothing on the Jets, and you're at home, and you're like, I am a genius, and it just keeps coming. They just pile it on. It feels yeah. great." It does. Let me give you a fun game of the week, and it may okay. even be the game. 
game of the week. Uh, Kansas City over New Orleans. This game opened up three and a half. Quickly, the sharp guys took the took the points here. We're down to three, three minus 20, three minus 15. And uh, this should be one of those games where it's back and forth again. And we're going to see what's going to happen here. You know, the Saints, I'm sorry, the, the Chiefs, even though they're America's team and they're, they're the best team in the NFL by far, uh, losing once to the Raiders, maybe lose, should have lost a second time. And there's a couple games throughout the year they actually should have lost. You have to remember now, we're a sports betting we're talking about. So betting with the Chiefs has not been as successful as their straight-up money line has been. So mm. uh, be careful when you're, you're laying, laying wood, especially on the road. Um, I'm just going to give you a little spoiler. One of my picks this week is going to be the Chiefs minus three. Okay. Uh, and part of the context that I'm using here is uh, when they are up for a game, when they are playing a team that they know is a contender, they start different. First game of the year, Houston Texans win that game by 14. Uh, third game of the year at Baltimore Ravens, they win that game by 14, but they were up huge. They just yes. dominated. Yes. Next week against the Patriots, they just took it right to them. Then they kind of overlooked some teams. Buffalo, they smacked right in the mouth when they started because Buffalo was a good team at that point. And then the other one was Tampa Bay. When they faced Tampa Bay, they went up 27, 24 to three. Like, yes, Tampa Bay came back and covered the three and a half. Totally. But this is a game that you know they're ready for. My, my theory was last week, the Saints and the Chiefs both looked ahead to this matchup because they knew it was coming. Saints fall to the Eagles. Very simple game plan. Kind of seemed like they're like, we think we can handle this with a rookie quarterback. Chiefs came out there. Mahomes threw three interceptions. I think everybody was kind of looking ahead to this game. And the Chiefs on turf with possibly Taysom Hill on the other side. I'm just thinking that I believe, as I think you believe, the Chiefs are far and away better than everybody else. And in a game where they're not going to lose their edge, now like maybe next week against the Falcons, they're not thinking and focused the entire time. I just think with the Saints, they're going to really try and go out there and lay it to them. And I, I am curious about Sean Payton, and and I, it could be the trick play game of the year. What he brings out in this game, it could be wild. I just, I I love the Chiefs, and I really like them in this situation because the um, the Saints' offense has left me with a lot lacking. And unless they're able to control the clock and use my crazy strategy, which I said earlier, which was. Uh, instead of Alvin Kamara running for 50 yards, stopping after 10 and sliding and wasting every minute of the clock as you can. Um, I just, I, I love the Chiefs here. I do. I think that they're far away. And Adam, you bring else. up a fantastic point, which I probably didn't give no thought to. You're saying they're playing up to their competition and maybe uh, looking past games uh, you know, like the Raiders, maybe or whatever. Maybe at least the first. The Dolphins time. game. They started off down ten nothing. They were sleepwalking, yeah. and right. then they were like, "Oh crap! Okay, now you guys are better. We'll drop twenty seven straight on you." Wow! And there you so, go. so that's why I think that they, I think that they really play up to their opponent, and I also think that this is not a narrative that lasts a long time, because I think it's a narrative that that, that Andy Reid starts talking in the locker room, and I think that the players start thinking, "Don't let up." We've let up, and so I think that's that's a, it's like that that narrative has a shelf life, and and I hope people made money on it, but I think now as we get closer to the playoffs, it's like foot on the neck. 
Yeah, no, it's it's very interesting. I never really thought of that point of it. Um, I, I don't know. I can't pick. I'm looking at my screen here. I can't pick another team that's actually close to the Kansas City Chiefs now that you put that into the mix. So, uh, like, not not saying they can name their victory in the Super Bowl. We all know last year's Super Bowl, um, let's just face it, Mahomes really didn't play good until the third quarter. But when he did, he closed and he did the right thing. And maybe he'll learn from that experience and be a more successful quarterback this, this year. Is, in the this Super is my Bowl. other theory. This is my other, yeah. this is my other theory on how to beat the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are more dangerous playing from behind. We saw it in the playoffs last year. Down double digits to the Titans, don't worry. Down 24 to the Texans, don't worry. Down 10 to the Niners in the fourth, don't worry. Is it actually better to give the Chiefs a lead because we know that they begin to just take it easy and then they have to reinvigorate it? Uh, these are my random theories that I think about for how to beat the Chiefs. But when I look around the NFL right now, the, the Packers are a very interesting team to me. They definitely do not have a defense that can hang with the Chiefs, but they have a quarterback that when you watch the Packers, if they want to take nine minutes on a drive, they do. Because his ability to just find guys, dink and dunk in space and, and move an offense, it's, it's just a way that you need to put more pressure on Pat that, hey, man, you're only getting two possessions. You're only getting three possessions this half. That, that if you can control the clock, but I don't know. I just, they're so much better than everybody else, Crack, that yeah. it, it clouds my betting brain. Because when I think about numbers, I'm like, I don't care. They're going to win. Well, I have a question for you. Okay. What do you think? Because I'm looking at the line right now. What do you think the Super Bowl early line should be right now? I'm going to say AFC versus NFC, by the way. Uh, we all think it's going to be the Chiefs, and it probably will. But what do you think the line should be? What do you think the line will be? Chiefs minus four and a half. That you're AFC minus. Spot on. That's what exactly it. it. AFC, four and a half. AFC is four and a half. AFC is <laughs> And, and and I'm looking at it right now. I don't know if you can see it. AFC That's awesome. minus four and a wow. half. Wow. That's the line. Nailed it. So uh, you nailed that. And uh, I want to tell you why. Are you going to bet that game right now? I think the dog's the right side. I'm sorry. I'm see, sorry. Well, listen, listen, listen. If I could get four and a half points and I don't even know the teams, which is a that's wild it. thing that's to it. bet. But what if the Chiefs lose? Because that's, that's a that's that is a line in which the Chiefs are already baked into that line. Correct. Because if the Titans right. get there, it's not four and a half. Yeah. If the if the uh, Bills get there, it's not four and a half. Right. Yeah, that's a built-in Chiefs line. So that's that's, a, that's like that's a built-in Chiefs. Chiefs line. And uh, Adam Lefko, how sharp are you? You actually were answering the question I asked. I just want to check Circa real quick before we go off air because that is a, a so very... Would you would you do that right now? Would you put some money in, on the four and a half NFC? That's a wild notion. That's crazy. Conference odds to win. Let's see. Early Super Bowl line. I just want to Think see... Think about the injuries that could happen between now and then. And like, they could be completely different teams. It just doesn't matter. It's all about numbers. It's all about numbers. It really is. It's all about numbers. Uh, Circa actually has it worded differently. They do a little bit different. They, they, the NFL championship, yes, no. Um, let me just see. Nope, they don't. I just wanted to see if they had a lineup uh, uh, to win there, too, because I'll tell what you. What odds would it have to be? If I gave you Chiefs or the field as the Super Bowl winner, what would the odds have to be for you to take the field? You know, I bet this in New Jersey at Chiefs plus four to one. Um, a couple times 
when I was there, and now it's down to two to one. The field, I, I would, I would like to take that uh, two to one. I'd like to take plus two to so one. So at I, two to one, that's enough yeah. value for you. Yeah, let, let's see what the money line is. Let, let, let's see what the actual because you picked it right on. Ah, oh, there you go. <laughs> two to you one. Noticed, your money line was two to one, like you said, minus two to one. So the plus yeah. one seventy five. Uh, like I said, I I wouldn't take the one seventy five, but I take the two to one. But so. I'm saying the field that includes the AFC also. So what I'm saying is, if I gave you right now any I gotcha. team but the Chiefs to win, right, right, right. That what would, have would the to odds be... have to be for that? Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anything. Yeah, probably uh, pretty close to that though. Plus two and a half to okay. one would be the right number. Yeah. See, for me, I would need. I would need. You like need more. Four or five. Yeah. 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 It's not it, going to happen. It. This. I, I always say it feels like the Warriors. It feels like one of those seasons where, like. If you were like, let's talk about the Bills, and I'd be like, but can they really beat the Chiefs? You know what I mean? Like it's that right. same notion where it all comes back to Kansas City. But oh yeah, oh yeah, that should be fun. It's it's an interesting. I love how uh, think about it. You could never even bet futures like that years ago. Now you could bet the winner of the Super Bowl. Matter of fact, they have the winner of next year's Super Bowl up there. If you want to pick the winner of next year's, what yeah. Well, we, what are we talking? It's called. They they don't call it. Oh, by the way, we can't call it in in right the La big game. Is that That's what they right. call it? You can't kind of call it the big game. So uh, yeah, so let's win next. It's crazy year's- when you realize that Super Bowl and March Madness are like copyrighted, and that if you really watch commercials and pay attention, where it's like, "Do you have snacks for the big game?" It's not because they want to call it that; it's because they can't or they have to pay money. And right, when right. You realize that, like, you can say March Madness and Super Bowl wherever you want in real life, but on TV you can't. It's it's nuts. Imagine that you can't even the even the TV commercials. The NFL has. Uh, monopolized it so much you cannot even mention simple things like that it's, it's yeah that's it's why really- I, I for bleach report videos for i would have to call march madness the tournament and for super bowl it's the big game the big game yeah i'm trying to look i i don't see that but uh i do see something this okay. is a 5k limit here at circa will the chiefs win the 2021 championship which is uh the bet we just talked about that's this year because it's 2021 yeah. February. uh it is plus 205 so as I said, plus, um, you know, this is, oh, I'm sorry. This is the Chiefs to win. This is not the bet we talked about. That's the Chiefs yeah. to win the championship. But let me ask you this. So yeah. right now it's 205. Yeah. If the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl and they're playing whoever from the NFC, right. what do you think the odds would be then? If the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. If it's plus 205 now. Right, right. So just money line. Right. Are you, are you referring to betting on the Chiefs or betting on the NFC? Betting the on the Chiefs. Betting on the Chiefs. Well, betting on the Chiefs in the Super Bowl versus every anyone you're saying, correct? Yes. If we were to make that bet right now, no. Well, you're, I I thought what you're saying is is to bet the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl outright money line right now is plus two hundred five. Plus two hundred five. Right? Yep. Let's fast forward a month and a half. Okay. And the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Let's say it's against the Packers. Yep. Okay. What do you think the money line is going to be then? Versus a team like the Packers. Same thing, probably minus, probably minus the opposite. The Chiefs are going right. to be favorite around two to one. Uh, so there's still a little value. There is. I'll tell you right now. Up until your show today, up until our show today, I didn't realize that line was four and a half. What made me check? I don't know. I am going to do some searching here when we get off air, and I am going to be betting. And the way it's worded is very important. AFC NFC. I am going to be taking the points. Uh, with the NFC there as an early bet and maybe even a hedge. Maybe I'll bet five or 10,000 on it as a hedge, maybe even to have a little bit of a middle or, 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 or see what happened, or maybe get a little lucky and the Chiefs don't go. And now I'm getting four and a half on a, on a pick them, you know, whatever it may be. That's what I'm saying. Like it, wow. 
That's fascinating. Well, in that case, good luck to you on that bet. Uh, To everybody, the 33% listening, now you know about a line out there that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. And so if you're sitting there going, AFC is favored by four and a half of the NFC, and we don't even know the teams that are playing. It's right. a wild, wild concept. It's wild. Download the Crack Wins app. That's where Crack is giving out his information, his stories, his picks, his content, all of that. Be sure you can down that in the download that in any of the app stores that you're a part of, and you can follow my guy Crack on all forms of social media. Thank you, Crack. Anything you want to say before you leave? No, just that college basketball is ridiculous. We're, we're, we're 35 and 15. Uh, 35 what? wins, 15 losses to the Crack Win subscribers. By the and way, it's at Bill Crackman. On, on Twitter, Twitter K R A C K M A N. Oh yeah, uh, fun. Wow. I mean, you were saying this before that you love college basketball, but I even more in a uh, year where there's so much information. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Getting those early lines and uh, just moving the market. We're we're uh, and, and we're winning and we're winning. Thirty five and fifteen. And I couldn't say that on any social media platform. My followers and subscribers would kill me if I lied. And I wouldn't lie anyway. It's not my nature. So I'm very transparent. You got, on the crack you got any app. college basketball games that I should be circling for this weekend? <laughs> Yeah, I gotta start texting you a couple of these games. You'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I will start doing that. You'll see something that's <sighs> unbelievable. You're gonna be taking like eight and a half on a game the next day, or, or I mean, the next, you know, not, not the next day. The, when, 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 by the time it tips off, at seven. You say I've, I've never been part of something like this. Took eight, t- you know, going over uh, one twenty in a game, and it closes one twenty three when it, by the time the tip off, mm. it just feels so positive. I love that. It's half my game is beating the bookmaker to the line. That's why they hate it's, me. It really has been the theme of this year of the Lefko Show has been focusing on making good decisions and not getting wrapped up in the results. And the thing that I like about talking to people that are actually sharps is it's not about what your record is. I mean, it is. But also a lot of it is, did you get value at the time in which you placed the bet? And there are times this year where I got a line at minus four and it finished at minus eight and they lost the game. But I knew that I got incredible value. And it's not a great consolation prize in the moment, but it's also one of those things where for all the days leading up, you go, man, I made the right decision. And that's what it's all about. Adam, if you do that, you can't lose. Long term, if you get the best of a line... In the end, there's no way you're going to lose. You got the best the of the line. The problem is, is that when you sit down at a fireside chat and someone is talking to you and they're talking to you in front of an audience, they're not going to ask you, you know, how great is it the process? They're going to say, okay, crack, what's the biggest bet you've ever made? Right. What's the, what's the toughest loss? And so we only talk about those anecdotal moments of like singular bets, but you have to just keep reminding yourself, Process, process, process. Absolutely. Great, great ending. That's exactly right. Crack Daddy. All right. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Crack, as always. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend. Big shout out to Craig Roberts and big shout out to Crack Daddy. It's time for us to make our picks. Uh, Ingber, I forgot. How did I do last week? You went two and one. You had some nice picks. Uh, You had the Cowboys minus three and a half. They destroyed uh, the Bengals. Oh, the Bengals. Oh, that was easy. Yeah. Uh, Nothing's easy. You know, it's easy in retrospect after the game's over, but you never know. People people can reason their way through anything. You had the Bucks minus six and a half over the Vikings. That was the like uh, field goal misadventure from the Vikings. Thank you to (laughs) that field goal kicker, Dan Bailey. He he lost like 10 or 12 points himself, right? So that's... Yeah, it easily could have covered. But you know, what? I factored that into my analysis. Was a bad kicker. Nice. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, your loss of the week, though, you had Giants plus two over the Cardinals. That We actually talked about that game because the the Giants were getting a little bit too much public buzz. Vegas well, wasn't believing so funny them. is here, here I was with my first two bets, and I said, these are two teams being completely disrespected right now. Now's a good time to get value. And then I bought all in on the Giants. I'll... What what I didn't realize was um, how bad Daniel Jones was going to be. And that's why I was thinking about this week picking the Browns as one of my picks. But Daniel Jones might not play. And I'm actually more worried about the Browns with Colt McCoy than I am with Daniel Jones. I do think it's fascinating that the quarterback and coach, the offensive coordinator play caller for the Giants this weekend against the Browns will be Colt McCoy, a former Brown, and Freddie Kitchens, which is just unbelievable. And I really can't wait for the cameras to be on them the entire game. Can we get like Hugh Jackson just as like a special assistant for the game just to just to have yeah, him, him in the stand booth. there? Put him in the booth. Hands on hips. Um, as, I'm, as I'm looking at it, uh, one of the other games that I thought about, I think that this is a big bounce back game for Houston. I think that Deshaun Watson always plays well against the Colts um, at the same point. I think there's better options out there, even though you'd be getting Houston plus seven. So the games that I'm going to take, I'm going to take as my list. Uh, so my love-like list, my least one, the list, I'm going to take Washington, Seattle under 44 and a half. I mentioned earlier that there are three games where there are quarterback question marks, Detroit, Matt Stafford, quarterback in the Giants, whether it's Daniel Jones or Colt McCoy. And Alex Smith is banged up right now. And there's a chance they go to Dwayne Haskins. I'm rolling the dice and I'm saying that if I get Dwayne Haskins, I get a guaranteed under here uh, because I don't think Seattle is going to have that much success against this great Washington front for the defense. I, I They remind me a little bit of what the Giants can do, but a little bit more athletic. So I don't think we're going to get full Seattle and a banged up Alex Smith with no Antonio Gibson. I think Seattle's defense can figure that out. I'm going to take under there 44 and a half. My like, I'm going to go Chiefs minus three. I, I know it's the Saints. I know they're in the Superdome. There's no fans there. And I know that it's probably not a smart idea, but both teams did not play great last week. The Saints lost, but Patrick Mahomes is sitting there going, I just threw three interceptions and my offensive line allowed six sacks. So um, I, I just think if it, if it really is going to be Taysom Hill this weekend, I do not know how they keep pace. I just don't know how. And I also think that Sean Payton is one of those offensive coordinators that's not going to try and slow the ball down. He's going to try and score with the Chiefs, which I think allows for a greater margin of victory for the Chiefs playing that type of style. I don't know if I said this on Monday. I have a new theory on how to attack the Chiefs. Did I say this on Monday? Please. I, I don't recall it if you did. I like to use the Browns as the example because we look at Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and we talk about how incredible they are. What if the Browns in the playoffs, Nick Chubb busts through the line and he's about to go for like a 60-yard run? What if he slides after 10? What if you really genuinely bash the Chiefs, waste every second of the play clock, and even when... You can run for 30 yards. You only make it nine. Like, I know this is crazy and it could absolutely backfire, but what if you have to milk every single second to not give the ball to Mahomes? I, I know it's a crazy theory and no one should use it. I'm just saying, 
For him, you might. It's funny. I mean, obviously, you're taking the idea of reducing number of possessions to the extreme, right? Because the fewer possessions there are, the fewer chances Mahomes has to just dominate you. And if you give him 11 chances, he'll score six touchdowns. But if you give him eight chances, he might only score three touchdowns. The variance is in your favor that way. That's what I'm saying. So just a just a crazy concoction to throw out there to the Colts and the Browns, the teams that I think that can actually execute something like that. I would love to hear uh, Warren Sharp's take on this and see if there's anything to it, or if there's if there's some version of that analytically that could work in some universe. But I don't think any any offensive coordinator or coach would give up uh, open turf in front of you and tell Nick Chubb not to take it. My love is going to be the one we talked about earlier. Patriots plus two. It's it's Belichick versus a rookie quarterback. It's Tua Tagovailoa who's good, but he's down everything else. And uh, I don't trust that offensive line. And I think it's going to be confusion city. Uh, and then I think that uh, look, I don't think the Patriots offense is going to be great. What's the total in this game? Patriots offense. We 40, just talked. We just talked about it. it's like forty one and a half, or yeah, forty one and a half. The under might even be safer than the line here, just in case the Dolphins do pull it out because they do match up really well. And I don't know what the Patriots are going to be able to do. Uh, but I just, I'll take the points in Bill Belichick against his former protege and a rookie quarterback. So I will take the Patriots there. Yeah. The, uh, the Patriots have had a horror show down in Miami. Um, but that was the Brady era. We've moved on from the Brady era. It's a whole new Patriots team. I forgot that the the Patriots would be like 12 and 0 and then be in like a 24-21 barn burner with <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick in in a like a, a humid muggy uh Miami. Or the Dolphins is- would end the game with 17 laterals and score a touchdown because Gronkowski was the last man at the goal line. Like that would only happen in Patriots at Dolphins. It's the only time when that game like this stupid play like that where Belichick would just be asleep at the wheel. That's the only time at Miami. It happens every time. The redemption of Kenya. Drake. Yeah. Loved it. Uh, all right. Thank you again to Crack. Thank you to Craig. Ingber, do you have anything else before I ask for your send? This is not your send off one. No, I just, uh, I, I hope everyone's Don't enjoying it. For, for David Ingber, it's impossible to be angry while you're sledding. Wow. Unless snow gets into your suit and you can't get it. Go home, shake it off. You're still happy. Get a hot cocoa. You're fine. You sled today? I'm going sledding after this. Oh my goodness! What kind of sled do you have? We picked up a little like uh, a little like circular inner tube thing. My daughter's gonna sit on my lap. She's never gone sledding before. Get to experience things for the first time through your child's eyes. Oh my god! Can't wait. Oh my goodness! She's building what, her first can I ask snowman. you? This is like a very sappy question for Please. a gambling podcast. When. When you see her experience joy for the first time, what does that do to your like body, like the chemical makeup of, of who you are? It's it's similar to what you're imagining. Um, it, it definitely reminds you that certain things are not inevitable in this life, that it, what, if, if we lived in a different climate, she would never have seen snow. And she's seen snow before because we lived in New York City, but not suburban snow. We had to obviously escape New York City uh, during COVID. Yeah. So now she looks out at a backyard and we've just got a blanket of snow everywhere. And that's all the trees, first place to play. All the houses. She's never woken up and seen what I woke up to, you know, uh, all those winters growing up in suburban Massachusetts. She... I, I just showed you a picture. She's got her hands on the windowsill. She's looking out. It, it's it's wonderment. It's it's incredible. And you think all the stuff that you see, that you've seen a thousand times in your life as an adult, there's someone that's seeing it for the very first time that very day. 
uh, and and keep just keep that perspective because it, it still is magical. Uh, I my uncle got me a sled when I was like six or seven that had a steering wheel, and it was like all black, and we had a hill in the back. And to just be able to like steer and drive, I just thought it was the thing is too, is like, you just think that the things you have are the coolest ever. Like that tube that you got off walmart.com for $29.99, <laughs> she's going to be in love with tubes the rest of her life. Yep. You know, that's such a wild concept, but enjoy it. Have fun. Uh, the streets out in New York, you know what? The sidewalks are mushy and gray, but the streets are clean right now. So uh, it's a mess here. Uh, to everybody out there, love you guys. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. If you're in the fantasy playoffs, good luck. If you're making bets, good luck. Uh, LFGL Championship is this weekend. I believe a lot of people have sent all of their stuff to EZLWGE2. Good luck to you guys. For Ingber, for Craig, for Craig Robertson, I am the LEFKOE man. We will holla, holla, holla at you next week. See you.